It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter, two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality, and one based in, what do you bet on Twitter, with music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett. And Aaron is, uh, well, he's on assignment, we'll say. He's uh, he's not in this week, but uh, we do have with us Josh Barnett filling in. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> Hi. Um, it's great. It's an honor to be here again. Oh, he was such a... Such a suck up. Just trying to make us uh, feel very excited to have you, but we are we are glad to have you. Uh, it's nice to have have another voice in here and uh, and helping out, and another knowledgeable person who can spend way more time watching all sorts of stuff than me. Um, but then you true. waste it just watching. I, I think he's just watching Pokemon. No, I, wrong <laughs> child. <laughs> Uh, thank you again, everybody, for joining us. Uh, I just want to mention right off the top that you can follow this show on Twitter at uh, it's at Scotty Johnny Pod. You can follow me at Not So Humble Host. If Aaron were here, he would tell you you can follow him at Cheddar Talk. And I know Josh, you are you are on Twitter. You have literally tens and tens of views. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you follow me at Josh Barn sixty six. Um, do it. Do it. You heard him. He's ordered it now. I like every single one of your tweets. He does. Um, yeah, he does. So, yeah, not a whole lot of stuff off the top here, I guess, to talk about. Uh, without Aaron being here to just give me something random, <laughs> we'll just kind of go with that. And uh, with that, I guess we'll get started right away uh, with the segment of the show that we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. All right, for the main event, we're going to start off with Packers because we do have Packers stuff to talk about. Um, first things we'll go into, we'll do this first, just to make it easier. Um, several players moved off the pup list, Elton Jenkins, uh, Robert Tunyon, and Christian Watson. All moved off the pup list. They're all now at least able to practice. Um, I mean, they could do some stuff, but they aren't. they weren't there for full-on practices i guess at this point it, the biggest one at this point for me is is watson because we've never seen him um you, you get something that go ahead uh yeah i was just with our receiving room as it is it's not bad but if he could come in and be a he's just such a big name i mean we traded up for him so i think <laughs> yeah. he kind of has to prove something now after being hurt yeah I'd like i'd like to just see him on the field i don't know what he is yet especially at this level and what he looks like with the guys. And he's got to build a rapport with the quarterback he's going to be working with. And he hasn't had the opportunity to do that yet. Uh, so I think that's the biggest one because Jenkins comes back. He's a starter. And, you know, Tunyon comes back. He's a starter. Yeah, they don't really have as much to prove. Um, right. They're kind of, their spot's already kind of solidified. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're not worried about, you know, I mean, are you scared? Maybe DeGuara has been like, it's mine now. I'm not giving it up. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I, I wasn't either. I just wanted to lead you into thinking that maybe that was a reasonable question. He's an okay guy. I'm not saying he's bad, but no. he's not the top 15 he's, receiver. I he's mean, not tight Tunyon. end. Yeah. He's just not Tunyon, and he's an okay player. So, yeah. <laughs> but I want to see what Watson can do. I want to see him out there. I want to see what what this offense does with him. And Romeo Dobbs has been making everybody very happy. So I'd like to see if the guy we think is way better than him, you know, first round versus fourth round can get some stuff done. And that'll make it interesting here, I guess, uh, going forward. Um, there are a couple other little moves. They, they cut some backup centers and, and things like that, but that's not really what we're going to focus on. I mean, they're, they're going to make moves like that throughout. And, uh, Sure, people who are just going to be camp bodies for now. Yeah, they did move from ninety man to eighty five. I think man roster. Oh, okay, and yeah, they do have have to some point figure out long snappers. They have figured out uh, that while you know Mason Crosby is, is still recovering, 
and is not likely to play at all in the preseason. Uh, Burkich, just he is not that guy. You're not that guy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he had his chance, and wasn't for him. <laughs> Kicking. The, and the worst part is he was – I think he's the, the actual um, – is it the Groza? Like, like the best kicker award coming out of Oklahoma last year. He was the best kicker in college football, they said. And there he is um, trying to kick it somehow completely 90 degrees to his left. Um, he was pretty close. Um, if that was his goal, he was – he could get there. But if he was kicking to the pylon or what he was doing. I don't know. It wasn't – he wasn't aiming for the goalposts. That was among the worst kicks I've, <laughs> I've ever seen. Um, I heard today the Vikings signed him, and no, I'm just joking. Not <laughs> they have that. a thing for bad kickers. <laughs> so um, it was, I don't know, it, it was a rough kick to watch. But, I mean, do all this now, none of them are going to be the kicker day one when we go out there week one of the regular season. Uh, so I'm not as concerned about that. Um, what I'm looking at though, I think what we all are, you know, Josh, what's the first thing you're interested in when you're watching preseason, this Packers team? I'm just looking at receiving room. Honestly, I'm looking huh. for the, cause think our backfield, our backfield's fine. We don't have to worry about our third string back. Right. Well, we aren't playing any of them. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't really think love is as important right now as like thinking of this year. If you're looking at in preseason. It's a very jaded w- view of the world that you don't think that we need love right now. And um, I think this world could use more love. And I think it'd be a better place if there was more love. Okay, mom. Keep love in your heart. Um, no yeah, love. I, love is the one that I'm most interested in. And I actually thought that's where you were going to go. I thought you were going to start with that because, I mean, this is the third year. He's been here. Uh, he had... I mean, one COVID preseason, and you're like, okay, that's rough. That definitely hurt. Last year, to a lesser extent, COVID, obviously. They they had full practices and everything. He even got in a game, I think, the Chiefs right. won. He, well, he started that game, yeah. Yeah, he was okay in that, but you expect to see more. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen a lot more out of him in that game. Uh, on top of that, though, I, I mean, just I want to see him do something. Uh, his footwork is, in fact, way better. Um mostly though because it was insanely bad i think is the the legal term um <laughs> i don't know if we can see the other term yeah it was just hot garbage um yeah it's just terrible. more about mental stuff now you know like yeah he's 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 got to make the reads he's got to do the anticipation the one thing when i watch him and maybe everybody else out there watch this like he doesn't step what he throws did you notice that yeah yeah, you pointed out to me, and I was like, that's actually true. Yeah, he just kind of just wings it. Yeah, like he goes back, and his feet are very wide when he sets. He looked, I'll say this, looked comfortable in the pocket. He didn't look scared. He's just making weird throws. He's got an odd release to a certain extent, uh, kind of a sweeping-looking release, but he doesn't step into his throw. His legs are already wide, and he just wings it. Yeah, it's I don't know how much look. that actually affects him, but I wouldn't imagine it makes him better. No, no. I guess I, I get the, the main idea is you're saying your feet are already set. All you're doing is shifting weight anyhow. But, yeah, uh, he had some very nice plays, and he had some plays that you just – there's no way an NFL quarterback should make that. I mean, let's be honest. Rodgers does one or two of those a game where he misses a guy in the flat. Like he does, mm-hmm. yeah. That that happens. But the other rest of the plays are are perfectly fine, and that's over the course of an entire game. He'll have a couple throws where you're like, I don't know what he's doing there. I don't know where that ball was going. Um, but it was a, a much higher percentage with Love, um, to an extent that like, yes, he seems to have the ability to make those throws. He seems to have the ability to have the skill set, but he is not nearly consistent enough for what you expect for a first round pick in year three. Yeah, um, albeit two of those interceptions weren't his fault. Um, right. The one where it hit Tyler Davis in the hands and then bounced off his chest, that's <laughs> that's not really on Jordan Love because it hit him in the hands and it bounced off you know, his chest. Romeo, the Romeo uh, Dobbs one that, still that wrestled shocked. away from him. I don't know if that was a pick. 
Um, they called it a pick. They did. Yeah, that one shocks me actually. Like watching that play, I sat there and I'm like, but he's on the ground. He still has the ball. Well, he has the ball, goes to the ground, ball is still in his hands. It is taken away after his butt is on the ground. I don't understand how they overruled that. I mean, I don't care that much because it's preseason. Um, it's preseason for the refs too, everybody. I guess. I mean, <laughs> but I that one was weird. I thought, uh, but still, that one. Uh, Matt Lafleur came out and said the other one wasn't his fault either because. I guess these like two receivers ran the wrong routes. Yeah, like Amari Rodgers was supposed to take it vertical, but he still threw that route. Yeah, he still threw it to where he was going, as if the the linebacker wasn't or safety or wasn't just standing there. And that's the that's the mental part of it. It's like he just looked at it and decided to throw it there, and he's confident enough to believe that that ball was going to get through, but that ball was not getting through. I appreciate the confidence, but tone it down. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm not excited about this. And if anybody's listened to this podcast um, over the years, you know that before the draft, we were saying, don't draft love. We, like Aaron and I were saying, like, we don't want him. I don't want to deal with this. That's not the pick. There's other things here. What I have done since then to say, now he's on the team. I want him to do well. You know, And, and I, th- I believe in LeFleur's ability to boost players and run an offense that fits their skill sets. Uh, so I, I have some hope he can get something done with that. But uh, at this point, we're looking at a guy who's like a serviceable backup. Yeah, you know, And that's not what you want for the value you put into trading up, I think, first first round there, too. Yeah, we traded up for a backup. Yeah, so far. Um, and, and I'm all for people sitting. Uh, I, I mean, not everybody needs to, but quite honestly – too many starting quarterbacks get put into there uh, out of college and told you're our starter. We put a lot of money into you. Let's go out there and ruin you as fast as we can. I.e. the Chicago bears. <laughs> um, That's very true. Yeah. Um, I mean, just look back. David Carr was a better quarterback than Derek Carr. He just was. And you don't know this because you don't remember any of that, but um, he was, and he was a better quarterback and he went to a team that let him get sacked 70 times a year. Uh, it's just, that that's the sort of thing that destroys a quarterback. Tim Couch went to a what was then an expansion team in Cleveland because Cleveland lost a team full of guys who then went and won a Super Bowl in for Baltimore, and they started all over in Cleveland. And they drafted Tim Couch right away and surrounded him with a team of nobodies, and he got he just got the not beat out of him, and then he wasn't good. And it wasn't that he couldn't throw a ball; it wasn't that he couldn't do things, but yeah, you can completely destroy a quarterback. You can destroy a closer in baseball. You can destroy a lot of things if you don't know how to manage people. And quarterbacks are kind of used to being stars, and when they aren't, it's hard to build them back once you've destroyed their confidence. It's kind of hard to get them back to that spot. So, yeah, I I really do think that a a lot of quarterbacks fail because of the situation, where they get drafted, they don't get the sort of support and they don't get the you know the people around them that they're used to having that made them good and then we just blame them We're like tim couch what a wasted pick you're like no you 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 just ruined him yeah um i i, I agree with that cuz if um if let's just say rodgers got taken by the 49ers who knows how good he would have been different if he, scheme if he had had three different head coaches in his first four years yeah that might have ruined his team too and if if um alex smith had gone in and had uh, mccarthy for all those years and got to sit behind fire for a couple years and and sit in there i think he would have been just fine he was still good he was on a lot of very good teams when he had talent around him and such but yeah it it would have changed the entire history of those two people and aaron Rodgers needed to have his entire throw rebuilt and that would not have happened in San Francisco, and he would have washed out of the league like every other Tedford quarterback who either just kicked around for a long time as nobody or you know, I guess win a Super Bowl as a guy who just gets saved by the Tampa Bay defense or whatever, but I don't know. No, he was – yeah. So, I mean, just there, there's so much there that goes into it, and I think Love has got a good situation, though, and that's the problem he's facing is that um, he really does actually have a – 
like last year, the, the receiving core he had with him was a very good receiving core, a very good offensive line to keep him upright. He still had troubles in that Chiefs game, and that was a very good Chiefs defense, I'll say. They, they were a DVOA top seven or eight, I think. Yeah, they have pretty good secondary. Yeah, but still, I don't know. This one, it is preseason. He's playing without a lot of people there. Um, he's handing off to Goodson. Uh, he's throwing to guys who are dropping the ball. I mean, Goodson? Yeah. Goodson looked good. I was going to say that. He, he looked all right, I thought. I think he has a chance of making the 53-man roster, but um, I think practice squad at the very worst. I think he's got that just because, yeah, he's the younger guy. He could do this and could easily be on the practice squad. He's got that option. Um, some of the other guys um, – Dexter Williams actually looked, I thought, fairly explosive. Yeah, and that's coming off of season in the USFL. Yeah, I think that helps him. Like he's, he is the most game ready at this point in that he's already played one season of USFL, so he comes from that to the situation, and maybe that helps. And maybe he's grown in that because he he looked explosive. He looked like he was uh, sharp in his cuts, and that looked good. Um. Goodson looked like he had some things to show, but he got tackled kind of immediately on a lot of plays between the tackles. Uh, and it definitely, I don't know, the explosiveness wasn't there. Uh, I think he's definitely the leader in the clubhouse in the fact that he's the guy who, and by leader in clubhouse, I don't mean like a guy who's a vo- vocal person in the clubhouse. Yeah, but that, that'd be weird for UDFA, rookie UDFA is. Right. What I mean is I think he's the leader to take that three spot right now. Um, until Kylan comes back too, of course. Oh yeah, that's right. Because he's still on the rehab. Mm-hmm. So I mean, right now he's the guy who comes in to start the game. But in reality, he's the fourth guy in this line. And and basically, when you're looking at this Packers team out there in the field, none of these running backs are likely to make this team. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what did you see from the receivers that you liked? Um, let's see. I think Amari actually looked okay. Amari Rogers. He did look okay. I thought, I mean, he's again, he's out there as like the second tier of guys out there against the second and third tier of guys who are allowed to play and all that. So, I mean, yeah, that's true. Uh, obviously, Romeo Dobbs looked good. I think he Romeo had a bad Dobbs drop. A, he did. He had one bad drop and the pick, but other than that, he was open, which is a big thing. And he was thrown to a good amount, too. Um, I think also Romeo Dobbs' story is so cool, just about like opportunity. Because think if Christian Watson comes in and he starts, he might not have all the opportunities to, you know, get all exposure like he has. Okay, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of room for opportunity in this wide receiver group because there's Lazard, and then I mean Watson's going to get his shot to be the one, or you know, be the one who's across from Lazard, and then they'll figure things out with the other guys. Uh, Torre had a couple nice plays, uh, a couple decent catches. He seems to get open too a fair amount. Also, Danny Davis. <laughs> Danny Davis is like good enough to make us all sad when he goes to a practice squad. I think he's become a, a definite practice squad possibility, though. Oh, definitely. I think uh, you at least got to think about it now. And uh, just to uh, to segue just briefly, it, we'll come right back to Packers, but. Um, how much do you lose faith in Graham Mertz and the fact that uh, Kendrick Pryor and Danny Davis both looked just lights out <laughs> this games this week? But we do have Marcus Allen, not the one who played for the Raiders, different right. one. But right, but these guys both look like they belong in the NFL, and we couldn't make either of them like a star in the Big Ten with Graham Mertz, and that hurts your feelings right there, knowing Graham Mertz is still here for the next two years probably. Um, and that didn't work this year. Um, I think we're gonna go back to our roots, um, at least for a while. Yeah. Maybe we do have Braylon Allen and huh. four star running back and Ches Malusi and um Grendo. Okay. We're gonna segue back in the Packers here though. Uh good switch, good that switch. That was our yeah. We didn't have this once we actually have more Badger games to start talking about, we'll get back to that. But right now we're going to focus back in on the fact that the Packers actually did something on television this week, which makes it a little easier to talk about. Um, I could not care any less about the score of a preseason game. 
I don't care if they win or lose. It would be a very difficult As long as they have fun. (laughs) It's all about fun. (laughs) Maybe the preseason was the friends we made along the way. Yeah. (laughs) But all right, I do have a question for you. Okay. How do you feel about the special teams? Um... We had some flashes there that worked. We still cannot block on a punt. So, like, kick return looked better. Punt return did better. We had Amari Rodgers had his longest kick return in the NFL, in the, he's ever had in the NFL. Just, like, go to open space. Just do it. And he did. And he got knocked to the ground by, um, shoot. Uh, <laughs> was it like, like a strength conditioning coach or something like that? I, I don't something. remember. I, yeah. Or it was just, or was it Gary? I it could have been. I, I don't remember. I, I can't remember so well, but he definitely got knocked to the ground by somebody in a Packers hoodie kind of thing, <laughs> a light one. But, um, yeah, it was – those looked okay. Some of the returns looked pretty decent. Um, blocking on a punt, I just well, – you know, you have a rule, right? When, when you do punts in, in high school, like what's the rule you have? You step down. You step, step like down towards the – Towards the ball. And then you – yeah, and then you wait – you block and then you wait until you know it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Ours was head up or outside because we had two up backs in, in our system. So there were, t- there were guys in the A gaps and nobody could be over the center. So if you're the guard, you don't block the A gap because there's a guy right behind you who's going to get that A gap. You're guarding head up outside. And if they're going to try to you know do that, you just talk about it. But you have to account for everybody leading out to the outside, you know, starting from the inside, working out. Yeah, I mean, everybody has a rule. Everybody knows what they are. You can even point at them for crying out loud because it doesn't matter that they know you're going to block them because you're so tight together. I mean, that that takes care of it. Um, you know, like there's those college punts where they have like three guys standing in the back and they all have like wide splits and they're like, what if we stand three feet, of, you know, three yards apart, everybody? And you're like, like, why? But it works because they all have a plan as to who's blocking what and who goes where. Um, I don't understand what's going on with this. Yeah, I I really don't. I mean, they have all the time in the world to work on it, too. It's not like they have other jobs to do. We went out and specifically hired a guy who was a head coach last year because he's a good special teams guy, we heard. Um, but, you know, Visaccia is just, you know, he's supposed to be coming into it. And he's done a lot of things that seem to be working more. But the other major part is um, they, they've been willing to put several of those starters out there more. Saying like, yeah, this matters. I mean, to a degree, we're still in the preseason. We've gotten more snaps from starters in those spots, though, so far. So that's, I guess, that's a positive step that you really do take it seriously. Um, I mean, McCole Hardman's still returning punts, but he's like the number two guy in, in uh, Kansas City, or he has been, I guess. Other, unless you're counting tight ends, but still he's a starting wide receiver for that team, and they're like, we need it. We need to do this. We need the ball. I mean, to be fair, he's not, like, that great a receiver. <laughs> but he's out there. I mean, he's a starter, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's a guy that they need on the field because the guy behind him's worse, <laughs> right? Or they'd be playing somebody else in front of McCole Hardman if they had that. Yeah, you definitely would be if you had D-Hop on your bench. You'd you'd play – I mean – You don't even need D-Hop. To be I'd play Hunter Renfro over over him the the outfielder yeah (laughs) all right um the big parts i guess is that we didn't get to see a lot of actual starters um saw a lot of backup corners what i've learned is i don't like a lot of them yeah i'm not horribly impressed by our 11th string John Charles, I uh, thought... Um, Shamar John Charles from Appalachian State. Yeah, for a kid out of App State from last year. He looked okay. Um, he was a little slow at times, but he does have good... I mean, this is the thing everyone was talking about him, but he did show it. He had good ball skills. Um, there were a couple where he was a little behind. He was a little slow on the read, but he got to the ball and knocked it away. Um, he looked okay. Um, for a guy who's going to be fourth or fifth, maybe on this this line, that's fine. Behind you know Douglas and Stokes and uh, Alexander, but yeah, I mean, a lot of those guys just seem to fall apart. Levitt, holy cow, um, he does not belong on a football field, does he? No, <laughs> he he doesn't. I mean, just, he hurt himself too. Yeah, he, he just absolutely missing people all over the field. Um, 
for a safety like that, like the Packers have no depth at safety. Vernon Scott played a lot. Well, yeah, I mean Amos and and uh, uh, Darnell Savage. Darnell Savage, sorry, but Thank Savage is that. hurt too. So if that goes in the season, we're gonna have Vernon Scott starting at safety. Yeah, which is terrifying because none of them look good out there, and we didn't, we did not even bother dressing our top two. So yeah, that's that's something where I would like to see something better there, and probably soon because we're, I mean their contracts are coming up very fast here. We're gonna be looking for replacements in the off season almost certainly. So yeah, those are things I'd like to see more of. Um, and Igbari was a guy that everybody was very excited to see. He didn't get it until kind of late. Uh, he had. I a think couple he got pers- a sack though, right? He had. I think I don't remember if they actually credited him with that sack. He absolutely destroyed the tackle. Came in and got. I think he got a hand on him as as the quarterback was trying to get away and then tripped and fell to the ground. So I I don't know if they credit it to him, but he definitely caused the sack. Uh, he had a couple other decent little pressures. I mean, he's not going to be a starter on this team, but he looked good against guys at his caliber. Uh, good young guy. Uh, has some good push. Good strong hands. Um, he hand- could be a rotational pass rusher. Definitely, I definitely think that that's true, and we'll see if um, you know they can find ways to get out there and do something more inventive with this defense at times. But yeah, having the ability to have someone like that who can really just collapse the outside edges of the pockets, you know, a third guy who can get in there and get that done is is always valuable. And people get hurt, so it's always nice to have that. And it was, I think he flashed a little bit this week. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm feeling good about that at least. And what about Quay Walker? Um, he's around the ball a lot. I didn't see him do anything that I was like, "Holy cow, what was that?" Uh, they lined him up in the a gap a couple times to blitz, like on the line of scrimmage, and then went. Yeah, I see that sometimes. I'm like, "What?" I don't know. I don't know how I feel about linebackers just in the a gap right there. I mean, they were running a a, a heavy. You know, I think they were running it. They were running a dime, I think, dime or nickel heavy, or you know where they were running two linebacker dime, and and basically they're just treating him like another, you know, like they only brought four guys on that play, and he was one of them. I don't like when you bring off ball linebackers on a blitz. Like, I well, mean, I like it if there's a plan for it. It can work out well. If if the plan is I'm going to line you up in the a gap, and you're just going to go in the a gap, maybe that's I yeah. Mean, I mean, there's times to do it, and I don't think like, I mean. I guess it's the time to do it is in the preseason when you don't have to. Nobody is disguising anything because they're not giving away any of their stuff. Um, this is going to be this is one of those things too where my problem with Jordan Love right now is like this is the most vanilla defense will look for you all year. This is where I mean like when they talk about like oh man so and so had a great preseason game you're like that's dumb to care about because everybody's preseasons I mean when you're playing against nobody and they're playing vanilla defense. They look good. I mean, it was slow for Justin Fields. Yeah, that's what I hear. <laughs> I remember that, but I was like, oh, you're not paying attention to what's happening out and there. And how did that end up for you, Justin? Yeah. Well, I did love this last week. There was um, Ball Sack Sports was out there doing what they do. Convinced some people, apparently, that Justin Fields said something like, the hardest adjustment is that none of these guys on this team would even be sixth string at Ohio State. They just keep getting people. Uh, they got ESPN earlier this year. Remember, <laughs> they had to apologize. For yeah, posting a thing from Ballsack Sports. Yeah, they're like you shouldn't shouldn't fall for that, right? Like you should check on who your source is before you go putting up quotes that are a hundred percent made up. <laughs> like By the, a website, they're, they're like pin tweet is like it's super like, easy, to super easy to f- like make fake tweets, like <laughs> fake saying stuff. <laughs> that is exactly what they're the, it is go check it out that is their pin tweet he's exactly right okay well overall overall feeling on on the first preseason how are you feeling about does it change your feeling on the season in any, any way no okay is there anything that you're specifically looking for as they go against the saints this next week um i'm gonna keep watching the receiver Okay. Keep receiving battle and Jordan Love. That's what I'm going to focus on. And yeah. special teams. See how that works out. Yeah, I want to see the punt. Uh, I want to see Jordan Love do something better. This is a good 
I mean, I don't know who they're going to play. My guess is the Saints don't play their starters either in any way. Um, cause the Packers played zero starters all preseason last year, lost the first game terribly in an embarrassing way, and then went on to have the best record in the NFC. So, I mean, it didn't matter in the long run, but I don't know. I still think it's dumb to a certain extent. It took them a whole week just to figure out it'll cost you at some point. just didn't cost them last year. And so they learned the lesson that that's what you do. And I think other teams are going to learn that lesson too. And so that's, I don't think the Saints are going to play anybody, but the practices are going to be the bigger part because, you know, Lattimore is going to go up and practice. He's not going to play in the game at all. No, and but they're going to have to go up against Marshawn Lattimore. It was a good corner. Yeah. And I would like to see what Watson can do this week. If he's going to play in the game uh, this, this week, that's going to be one that's going to be important to watch, I think, and trying to see what he can do. Um, it would be better. Like, I want to see what's going to happen in practice with him and Rogers, because that's what's going to matter for the season. What he and Love can do together doesn't particularly matter to me this year. I don't know what you know beyond this year. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna f- talk about next year. We're not there. <laughs> we're just not going to do this. I don't want to look that far down the road. So we're just gonna stick with you know this year, one week at a time. Yeah. So that's kind of where I am with this. All right. So now we will switch gears. We will start looking in at what has been going on with the Brewers. And, uh, you know, things have happened. They did exactly what we thought, which is they sweep Tampa. Because why not? Why wouldn't you go out and sweep, uh, you know, a playoff caliber team uh, who gets there after losing to the Reds? <laughs> yeah. It's just. This team is hard to understand. I'll, I'll tell you one thing. The stat that I think is interesting off the top is um, after being traded, Hader has an ERA just over 10 and no saves. And the the Padres are basically a 500 team. The Brewers are roughly a 500 team. I think Padres are like a game better than the Brewers at this point since the trade. Um, and Matt Bush has two saves. Hader has none. So The Padres are in shambles right now. Well, they're not, yeah, they're having their own other issues. But, yeah, um, beating the Rays, those were some interesting games. Um, just just finding ways to get little things done here and there and, and, and just winning some close games. It's just nice to see. They're not, they're not doing anything right now against the Dodgers, but that's not, a, that's not what we were expecting, right? You know, like, um, Play them seven times this month. Seven times in ten days. So we will have stuff to say about this uh, for a while. But the Brewers, let's see, they get up 2-0. They get tied at 2-2 on the Tuesday game. And then they have a three-run fifth inning, which you know propels them out to the, the win. Nice to get Freddie Peralta back, having him give a, a, a good start, a quality start uh, for this team. And that's, you know, starting to get our pitching back, which is the thing that's going to save this team if anything can. Uh, then they get, uh, I forget who even started that next game. I'll just, uh, to double check who that was. But, um, oh yeah, Woodruff got seven innings, but doesn't get the win because it got tied up. Or no, they had to take the late lead because it was uh, three. What was it? Uh, three nothing there. And then they came back and win it late and uh, get the four three win going into a 10th inning. So that was, uh, yeah. Good thing another, we didn't go up against. We definitely Rasmussen. love, yeah, right, Rasmussen, the guy we traded away. But I mean, like the the Brewers definitely have loved their extra inning games this last week. The um, the one win against the Cardinals here was a two one game in was it the ninth, and then uh, Telez. No, I'm sorry, this was the one where no Telez tied it, and then they go into extras, and Taylor's on second. They walk Yelich, and then they uh drive him in with uh, Adamas. And I was like, all right. And then, you know, Telez gets another home run in the 6-3 loss. Um, but it was, you know, 6-2 in the 10th with two outs, and he drives in a solo shot. I think it was two outs. Yeah. Yes. And then they did get another runner on base, though, after that. It did. Um, Which wasn't useful. Cause then... No, because then the next guy struck out. <laughs> struck out watching, too, I believe. I hate when people do that. It is, it is the modern game. Um it, there was an era when people would not watch a strike three 
they would insist on on trying to protect that zone and anything close was going to swung at. But now, with all the metrics, everybody watches a lot of more film. Tony Gwynn led the way on that, but a lot of people watch a lot more film. And what it does is, uh, a lot of guys are really going up to the plate looking for one pitch, you know. And then it comes in is like, here he's coming fastball. I'm going to sit fastball, and then they throw a changeup, and then you're done. Yeah, because then you're just out of the game. Or or it's a curve, and you're like, coming high. Oh, no, it's just a curveball, and it just sits right in the middle of the zone. You're like, I was looking fastball, so I was not ready. And it's just it, – it alters their approach to the plate. Uh, like like we've talked about before, the advancement of baseball. You know, like right now everyone's like, well, we'll all go back to what we used to do. You're like, no, the thing that we're thinking of was completely altered by the 1990s Yankees who changed the way you approach the plate. The 1990s Yankees said, we're going to take a lot more balls. We're going to take a lot more pitches. We'll even take more strikes because it would mean your starter's out of the game. And then we're going to pick apart your bullpen. And you do that. I mean, and it worked. Uh, that, that That's one of the things they did, that and having all the money in the world. Oh, that definitely helps. Yeah, yeah that definitely does help. And they're like, well, then why don't they win all the time? You're like, well, yeah. Sometimes other teams win. Sometimes the Dodgers get one, or sometimes you know the Red Sox get one, and every now and then someone else sneaks in. But the Yankees are competitive again. They, I mean, every year they'll be bad for a year or two, but then by the next year they've brought up all the guys they were going to bring up, and then they bought your guy. So yeah, uh, yeah, having all the money helped, but they had a fundamental change in how they approached the plate, and then everybody did it. Everybody's like, take the pitches, get to the relievers. And then the Royals said, well, what if we just had three great relievers who could all throw 99? And then uh, then the Yankees said, well, MLB, you should change the rules so they can't do that. And, and then they did. And they're, yeah, so now we've got like three out type guys and whatnot. So, yeah, it's, um, I don't know, losing to the Cardinals on the road, fairly predictable, especially the, the one that hurts the most is Pujols. Pujols, 89-year-old man coming about out and hitting two home he's... runs. On PEDs in two years. And, and in, in typical, like I had a brewer shirt on. We went to the local ice cream place. You know, we were visiting my parents. Uh, Belt's Ice Cream at Stevens Point. Uh, it's the best. Everybody should go there. Um, I, will, I will give them advertising for free, uh, even with no nothing. I'm getting nothing for that, just the, the knowledge that I'm, I am helping all of you. Um, but, I mean... We were there, and just some old guy walks up. He's like, you got poo holes today. And I was like, what? He's like, you got poo holes today. I was like, like it's a verb? I was like, yeah, man, great. I don't even think he used it right. Uh, yeah, and I, like he felt it was such a, a cool thing to say that he walked up to me just because I'm standing with my family talking, wearing a brewer shirt, and he had to interrupt to tell me how much the Cardinals had won today. I was like, what an absolute Cardinals fan thing to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, just um, totally Cubs fanning it. Yeah, so they're the same things. They're just the same people, just live like, in different parts of the, of the Midwest. Like, it's so, like, you're not even, like, a top three team in the NL. Yeah, but, I mean, they've got a they got payroll like they, they can be in there. Oh, and they, yeah. they really should be beating up on the Brewers. They really should be beating up on a lot of teams, and they aren't. I mean, it, it's... I don't know. Who are they really outside of Arenado and Goldsmith? Well, they've still got Mikolas, and they've they've got a good young group of guys who can really play defense. Newt Barr's not bad. I mean, he's going to get on a base. Silly name. But he's Dutch, right? I mean, he's going to he makes more money than I do. Props to him. <laughs> right. Props to him. But I mean, like they got a couple guys who are are pretty decent players who can do a lot of things, and they get guys who can get on base in front of Arenado and Goldschmidt, and you know they they should win more games than what they do, quite honestly. Um, just our two teams are stuck in a bad division. And I mean, the, the idea that Pujols can still play for that team is like, you should be able to find somebody better than that. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, I don't know. They did beat them. I mean, the Cardinals, given that they, they did show up and they beat the Brewers in, in a series that mattered a lot where the two teams are very close. The Brewers had won on Sunday. They'd be in first place heading into this week. And, you know, right now they're sit as as we're recording, they're a game and a half back while getting beat up by the Dodgers right now. So they would fall two games back again. But um, this is going to be a rough stretch because you're going to have four against the Dodgers, then you get three against the Cubs. But 
Nothing's looked easy after this. I think, you know, then three against the Dodgers again. Here's the one thing I think goes a little differently, though. I mean, like, we just had this bad stretch of, of Pirates and Reds, right, where we lose five out of six games to bottom dwellers. And we're going to have yep. a stretch. At, you know, Other than the Dodgers, we're going to have a stretch of Cubs, then Dodgers, then Cubs, then Pirates. And, you know, so that's that's something where it's like I really feel that they can kind of pull through that. Um, winning these 10-inning games, uh, winning these tight games, beating the the Rays, that those teams were excited. You know, like, and that's something that builds momentum and builds a clubhouse. I think this team believes in Bush now at this point. I mean, he's gone out there in the couple saves he's had, the couple times they've pitched, not always save situations. He's gone out there several times, and he's looked pretty decent. Williams still looks good out there. Uh, they've got some good help in the back end. Boxberger's kind of a guy. Uh, he has days. He has he has a couple bad days here and there, but he does all right. Starting pitching is, is on point. We never, ever score runs for Burns for some reason. I don't know. Maybe they just don't like him for some reason. I don't know. But either way, I think the biggest thing that happened there at the beginning of the month is they traded Hader, and I think the team was upset to see him go. I think they all liked him, and I think that that hurt. You know, and, and we talked about this with Aaron. I don't know if you listened to this part when we did this. Of course episode. I do. Yeah. Like last week we were talking about it. Yeah, that matters. And to a certain point, you're like, come on. I don't get to have bad days at work just because I feel sad about things. I mean, I get to feel sad. I'm allowed to feel sad, but you pull yourself up and you go to work. You're, you're being paid to work. I mean, yeah, you get so, to play baseball for fun. You kind of got to get over it at some point. It, it affects your play, I'm sure. I mean, that's that's the thing you got to deal with, but they got to work with that. I think they've come to a certain degree out of a lot of that. Uh, it doesn't mean they're going to like crush the Dodgers or something here. It does mean, though, that they can start beating up on the Cubs and Pirates again because I think that they got a feeling like, no, no, we just beat the Rays. And if they can come out of here taking, if they could split with the Dodgers yet, that would be fantastic. I'm not, I'm not going to hold my breath on that idea. Um, but you know, if they can just get something here, heading into the, playing the the Cubs, you know, it's going to be Cubs and Dodgers on the road here. They got the the four games are at home and the three on the road. But I mean. The Brewers are beat up on the AL East this year. Yeah, yeah, that's which is true. The best division in the the American League, I think, by wins. Yeah, yeah, and so it's like you know, it's it's not all of them, but beat up on the Blue Jays, beat up on, uh, swept the uh, Rays, and was it three out of four from the the Blue Jays and the Red Sox? Right? Do we play the Yankees? Yeah, let's pull this up. I think we have to play some of them, maybe. Um, I don't remember which ones we have left. We've got to play the let's see, Giants. Yeah, Yankees at home, then Mets at home. So we'll have just Both bring all of New York over here York. for a little while. Come here. Yeah. Uh, that'll be in September. And then, yeah, so we don't play the Orioles. But, you know, we get to run through most of the <laughs> rest of the AL East. But, yeah, it's. Um, I think they've got a good chance of being able to pull out of this just kind of the mental snap here. It is going to be rough playing the Dodgers. That Dodgers team is... They're good. They're contenders. Well, like they won a World Series and then added Freddie Freeman. Yeah, like, I... It's crazy how much money they have just to do stuff. It's it's insane. I mean, yeah. It's just it's the nature of baseball. The Dodgers can reload every year. Yankees can reload every year. The Dodgers have continued to be very, very good. Um that that's a heck of a team they've got out there and they they're right now coming into milwaukee they're on a 12 game win streak right i think i saw that yeah it's so that that's that is what you're going against is not only are they good they're on a streak right now they really have things clicking at this point which is the other reason why like you know the padres went all in and it just doesn't matter because the you know being is like but they're a team that went all in they went and got soto and hater i they're not. They're not going to do anything. I mean, like they'll make the playoffs probably, but they'll go out in the first round. Yeah, because they're San Diego. Like it's just, it's so weird. Yeah, I mean, you can you can get games here and there, but it's going to be interesting like that. I don't know how I feel about the Brewers' possible. You know, how, how, if they make the playoffs this year. At this point, I think my gut is it's going to be the, the Cardinals going from the Central and no one else. Yeah, I don't think we make a wild card. I don't think our record is. I just don't 
I want to, but I just I just don't think it will be. The only thing going for you is, well, to a small extent, we've got a chance to start getting going here with the schedule. Yes, Dodgers for seven of the next ten, but then Cubs are you know, three of those they're the other three, and then the next three after that, and then the Pirates for three. And then your road trip is going to be Arizona and Colorado. And then you'll get a double header against the Giants, and then you'll get to play the Reds. And if you can pull through that, you know, two and a half weeks of baseball, or I guess three, three, four weeks of baseball there, you can do that. Um, then you could be in a good spot by the time you play the Cardinals again. And we got two different two game sets against the Cardinals left. I mean, with obviously the the terrible stretch of having to play the Yankees and Mets for a stretch of six. But yeah, you get the Marlins and Reds. There's there's real beatable teams there left, but the Brewers have to kind of sort themselves out and get themselves ready for this because uh, they really do have to start getting on a streak again. All right? Um, I yeah, I this. agree. I agree with that. I don't know what else particularly to say about most of that. So, uh, do you have anything else in terms of you know Brewers? Brewers, uh, Packers, Badgers, or anything else you wanted to add in here right now? Um, no. Okay. Then we're going to wrap up the show with the segment that we lovingly call Our Last Call. Time to look around and get your bearings. It's time for the last call. Okay, so for last call, the, like we've been doing a little bit here, the only things we really have left are that the regular season for the Northwoods League wrapped up. So that is that's complete. And so then there's the the playoff teams that made it. So it's Traverse City and the uh, – well, I'm trying to think who else here made it. So Traverse City got one because they got their Wisconsin Rapids. Rafters gets in as a champion. St. Cloud Rocks gets in as a champion. And then there's a couple other teams that made it in. Kalamazoo Growlers, the Wilmar Stingers, the Wassa Woodchucks snuck in towards the end. Uh, Eau Claire Express also won theirs, and they have the Duluth, Duluth Huskies. So what they have is those eight teams then play best of three series. So basically, uh, these underdog teams came out to play uh, because Kalamazoo wins 5-4 against Traverse City, who had the best record in the division, and then they win 9-5 the next day. So Traverse City is out. The Traverse City pit spitters lose to the Kalamazoo Growlers. They are out. The um, St. Cloud Rocks, R-O-X, lose 6-5 to the Wilmar Stingers, and then the next day they came back out, and they lost 3-1. The other one is the uh, Eau Claire Express. Uh, They lose 8-6 to the Huskies. And then they lose 4-3. So Duluth moves on, uh, Kalamazoo moves on, and Wilmar moves on. The only one still left is uh, Rapids and Wausau. The Woodchucks, well, the, the Rafter, Wausau, Woodchucks, Wisconsin Rapids, Rafters, which is the city I work in and the city I live in, uh, or live near, I guess, uh, playing each other. Uh, Rapids gets the first game. They win that one 6-3. And then the next day, Wausau comes out and beats them 11-4. Uh, so they will be playing again uh, at Witter Field, which is Wisconsin Rapids. Uh, winner will move on. So that's where we are. Is one team left to move into the final four of the Northwoods League. Um, these will be the only Wisconsin teams left as Eau Claire got eliminated by Duluth. Duluth. Uh, so, yeah, this is a – it's got to be especially frustrating. Like, Traverse City Pittsbitters, they won – uh, they were uh, 45 and 27 on the season. Uh, they were eight games ahead of the Rockford Rivets, who did not make it. Kalamazoo Growlers made it in as the uh, uh, the other team to to sneak into that that playoff out of their division. Uh, Rapids was 57 and 15. That's insane. Uh, they just murdered. Wausau Woodchucks were 18 and a half games behind Rapids uh, on the season. Rapids won the first and the second half of the season. Uh, so then the other one is, as we said, Eau Claire and Duluth. Eau Claire won that, and they were seven and a half ahead. Uh, I think they win both first and second half, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, Eau, Claire, Eau Claire won the second half by eight games, 
And I guess actually uh, the Huskies won the first half. Oh, I'm sorry. The Josh is pointing out, I guess the rocks and the, the Wilmar stingers is actually technically still in progress in the eighth at three, one, but that looks pretty much set. Uh, St. Cloud rocks won the first half of the, the season. So they got in from that. And then the second half was Wilmar. Uh, so those two teams split, split the, I guess, winning which half of the season they won. But uh, St. Cloud was the one that technically had the better full season. They were 50 and 18 compared to 48 and 20. Where is Wilmar? That's a super good question. My guess is because it's in Great Plains West. It's like North Dakota. Um, let's try to take a look at this. This is good. Good <laughs> talk here. City of Wilmar is in Minnesota. So there we go. Wilmar. This, uh, let's see how big this place is. I'm going to look up their Wikipedia page. Did you have anything else you wanted to say here, Josh? Anything else you have that you wanted to bring up here in our last little call? Um, Go Pack L. <laughs> what? All right, man. Um, City of Wilmar, I'm just looking up their stuff. You can call them at 320-235-4913. Their fax number is 320-235-4917. Ah, very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are important things everybody needs to know here. Um, they have a elevation of 1,145 feet. Their population is 19,728. That's pretty good. All okay. right. Okay. Interesting. I don't know what there is to do. Let's check out what they say is there is to do. Um, okay, what is going on? Candiohi County Historical Society, the Just Robbins Island Regional Park. The Wilmar Podcast. There's Coming Soon. Foot Lake. <laughs> you know it's a good place if you name your lake after feet. The Village Children's Museum. Come on. That sounds fun. When you have a couple moments on things like this where it's like we didn't take a full hour. Maybe we talk about Wilmar and the Stingers. Because I know where St. Cloud is. Because they're St. Cloud State University. Yeah. They are the Saints. St. Cloud State. No, they're the Huskies, aren't they? St. Cloud State. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sorry. I only know them from hockey. But either way, uh, their logo looks a lot like the Canadiens. Uh, it's a big C, with like, but it's got the Saint inside it instead of the H for hockey. I hate the Canadians. Me too. It's hockey team, not all Canadians. No, yeah, just the Habs. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us again for another week of Wisconsin sports. We'll be back. We got Packers Saints. We got Brewers continuing with the Dodgers and then the Cubs before we're back here next week. Um, remember to follow the show at Scotty Johnny Pod. Uh, remember to follow me at Not So Humble Host and Aaron at Cheddar Talk. Also follow Josh Barnes sixty six. Um, you know, be his uh, fourth follower. I'm just kidding. He's got a couple more now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you again. Remember, whether you are on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.